Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. You see, most gamblers, when they go to gamble, they go to win. When we go to gamble, we go to lose. Even when we win, it's just a matter of time before we give it all back. This is the Bet Slippin' Podcast from USA Today Sportsbook Wire. I bet you 20 bucks I can get you gambling before the end of the day. No way. I mean, it's the gambling business. Occasionally get punched in the face. You're listening to the Bet Slippin' Podcast. I'm shocked, shocked to find that gambling is going on in here. All right, welcome back, Bet Slippin' listeners. We have some exciting news since last week. I have broken my finger, so uh, I'm gonna be gonna be a little injured on the podcast, just so you know. And last week was also my first week, and I believe three weeks hitting the sub 500 mark. So it was just it was just ugly last week, just all around a bad week. So let's do a quick recap of week six. We had the Ravens minus five and a half looked good for the first half, didn't end up. Giants came back, won it. Jets plus seven, Bills minus two and a half, both cashed. Panthers, Rams over 40 and a half, look, didn't look great. Um, wasn't super sold on that, but I still played it myself. And then Cowboys, Eagles under 42 and a half. You really got to judge what line you get. If you took that later in the week, you probably did get 43. When I actually played that later in the week, I got 43. So that would have technically ended up voiding. Now, Christian, when he came on, he was on uh, for the win last week. He went 1-1, one one, Jets plus 7, Seahawks. Uh, the over didn't hit there, wasn't even close. So it was it was a fun week, fun episode. So this week we have uh, one of Sportsbook Wire's own on, Ethan Feinstein. Feinstein, Feinstein. How do I say That's it? right. That's right. Yeah, so uh, tell, tell me about yourself. Tell me how you got into, into sports gambling. Um, you write for Sportsbook Wire, I know. Uh I appreciate I, you having on. If you if you have anywhere you want to plug to, so they can find you, now's the time. Yeah, uh, you can find me on Twitter at BetOnEthan. Uh, you know, I'm from Maryland, born and raised, and, and we're in the process of getting uh, expanded sports betting. So it's been, it's been over a year of this process. So, you know, I, it turned it, – it started from a hobby of, of watching – this legislation and, and this infrastructure be built that I realized that this was something that I wanted to be a part of, uh, join Sportsbook Wire, uh, and hopefully uh, come November, uh, I won't, I'll be able to place bets, uh, you know, sitting on my couch instead of uh, driving over the border into Virginia uh, to do so. Yeah, uh, I actually understand that because we're being honest um ohio gets it in january so things seem to be looking looking positively so uh 
Let's move on. So all of our odds, as I'm sure you guys know, are provided by our friends at Tipico Sportsbook. Tipico Sportsbook is a global sports betting leader, and it's now live in New Jersey and Colorado. You can make your favorite sports more interesting with Tipico's fast and easy mobile sportsbook app. New users from this podcast will enjoy a special welcome bonus. Terms and conditions apply, and if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER for New Jersey and 1-800-522-4700 for Colorado. Get your bonus today, usabet.com slash podcast. One more time, usabet.com slash podcast. And that's the fun part. We uh, we want you to get you guys gambling. And uh, we have, I believe we have seven games to talk about today. Seven fun games. We're going to start with Thursday night football. We're going to start it out hot. The Cardinals are at home. And the Cardinals are one and a half point favorites at home over a Saints team. That is relatively depleted, um, coming off a loss to my Cincinnati Bengals. Ethan, I know we talked about this game a little bit. Do you do you have a play on it? Do you have anything you want to highlight or any notes you like? I uh, I definitely see this game being more entertaining uh, than than the past Thursday night football uh, games that that we've had to to suffer through. I am looking at the Saints plus one and a half. Um, Arizona is not good against the spread. Uh, they're one in seven in their past eight home games. And I know Hopkins is, is going to be back, but, uh, I don't know. I guess, I guess I'm, I'll, I'll wait to actually see the connection to make sure it's still there. Um, before I, I back these Cardinals, especially with a one and a half point edge. Yeah, yeah, no, I get that. So the total set at 44 and a half and, uh, I actually have a uh, column in Sports Weekly that USA Today does, and I have a sports betting column, and I do three best bets, and Saints plus one and a half was actually on there as well. So I think Hopkins coming back does uh, give quite a bit of excitement around the team, so I'm always a guy that likes to play um, people that aren't public favorites. And if and if you look, James is probably still out. Uh, I think Michael Thomas is out. They should get Chris Olave back. Nonetheless, I think what, what the Cardinals have been about is their offense has been awful. You can't, I mean, the Seattle defense the last couple of weeks has been absolutely atrocious. And you put up, what, what was it, nine? It was 19 to nine. You can't, you can't, you can't, you can't do that. I, w- I was with you on the over for last week for that game. And, and I witnessed such a struggle. Uh, to score uh, against Seattle that I was, I was definitely amazed. Um, And you're right that the offense just doesn't move. And I, I originally was, was looking at the over, but I, I crossed that out. Um, I'm leaning towards the under on this one. Arizona's five straight to the under after a week one shootout with Kansas city. I don't know. Again, it, uh, I, I'm leaning towards the under because of what I saw last week. And people kind of remember just how good Kyler Murray had been. But this season, this season, it's different. He has, I don't know what's different. I think part of it is like deep down, I hate to say it because it's just genetics, but he's 5'10". And <laughs> seeing over those lines, you're going to have Demario Davis, Cam Jordan, Marcus Davenport in your face. That's one of the best line, one of the best defensive lines in the league. So... Since Cliff Kingsbury took over in 2019, the Cardinals are actually the fourth worst covering team at home. They're 10 and 17 against the spread. And then on the other side, since Drew Brees left New Orleans, which is kind of like the 
the next generation coming in since Winston and all the quarterbacks they've had. They're three and one as a road underdog. So people sleep on them and then they're able to cover because their defense is one of the best in the league. The Saints are also two and one against the spread after a loss. And they also have a defense that is sixth in opponents, third down conversion rate. I I, I really just don't think there's a ton that Arizona has shown. They they don't have a good defense. They and their offense isn't clicking. I I understand getting Lattimore back, but um I just think the Saints showed enough, especially against the Bengals, to 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 want betters to back them. And I think if you're so 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 um, injured, it it also helps. Like people aren't going to want to bet on the Saints. Like they're going to be a public dog, and the and the the public dogs in prime time have been typically the better bet. I mean, the Broncos got more of the money or got less of the money last night, and they covered. So I think there's a lot of credence to fading the public here, and there's no doubt that the the Cardinals will be the public favorite. I agree, and and certainly, certainly the Cardinals m- may be able to turn it around, but it's it's definitely a wait and see uh, before you make that decision. Um, and and you're right, the Saints have they've been scrappy and they've been close, and you know I, I'm I'm happy to back them um, uh, against Arizona. And I love the Cardinals. I'm happy. I so this is a fun. I think I say this every time I get on and we talk about the Cardinals, but last season. Last year, so 2021, I picked. I played in three fantasy leagues, and I picked Kyler Murray for every single one. I started off 4-0 in every league because he was on fire. The Cardinals, what? They were the last team to lose. They were 7-0, right? That's right. So it's 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 hard for – I think it's hard for people to think that all the talent is gone. I mean, they added Marquise Brown. Um, Cliff Kingsbury is still supposed to be a good coach. Um, I think that defense is just so ate up that, that it's, but they won't, they will no longer have Marquise Brown. Uh, they're switching that with Robbie Anderson, uh, who very well could turn out to be a great asset, but again, could also uh, be a locker room cancer. You just don't know. know. I mean, look at what happened at the jets. Look at what happened at the Panthers. Yeah, but either way, I think we're both on Saints here. I think for the Cardinals, it's just a wait and see approach. I mean, you gotta you gotta see something than more than nine points on a Seahawks team, especially a Seahawks team that I think they were giving up like twenty seven points a game over their last two. I didn't fact check that, but it's something. It was something like that. I remember. Do you have any play on the on the totals? I don't think I have any play on that total. Forty four and a half. I I actually took the under. Uh, I don't think I gave it out anywhere, but I took the under in the Saints Bengals last week, thinking the Saints defense and then their their offense should, on paper seems horrible. But I don't actually see a way where Taysom Hill and the Taysom Hill Andy Dalton combination doesn't light up <laughs> the Cardinals defense. If we're being right. honest, like I don't like them, but if if you watch the Saints Bengals game, which why would anyone except me and people that lived in Cincinnati? The, the Saints people that they elevated from the practice squad, their receivers actually didn't look bad. They looked quick, and they were toasting one of our cornerbacks all game. So uh, I think there is some credence to the over here. I think the over would be the only way i play it, but, you know, the whole primetime unders thing, I would just stick to the side here. Yeah, fair enough. All right, so let's move on. Second game of the day. It's a little more it's a little more enjoyable game. We have Browns Ravens. It's on the one o'clock slate. It's Browns at Ravens. So they're going to was it MT Bank Stadium. That's right. Uh, the Ravens are getting are minus six point five. So you gotta the Browns are getting six and a half. So it's about a touchdown spread. And then the over under set at forty five and a half. 
I think I'm just here to say I don't have an official play on this game. I'm not going to the window with any of these, but I think the Browns suck. And I think when they start playing from behind that they lose sight of what gets them to be good in ball games. Um, if you look at what happened last week, they were playing mostly behind against the Patriots. I mean, they were down uh, 24-6 after the third quarter and Nick Chubb got 12 carries and they just never got if they're not going to get Chubb going Brissett's not going to win you the game right. uh, I think that's my only point and I like the Ravens more so I have yet to decide if I'll probably play it personally but I think the only way I would play this is Ravens minus six and a half six, six and a half is a is a large number it, it is uh, in a divisional game like if you look back in the if you look back at how many AFC games have gone six and a half to the favorite it's probably not many that's right that's right and and there's now a larger fear that even if you're up two scores and and you're playing the the favorite on the spread the new strategy is to go for two after that first touchdown before the onside kick so there's a real possibility that you're that six is is the number that you know if you're minus six and a half it's not going to cover uh, when at any other at last year and any earlier year, it just wouldn't. But uh, to put more meat on the bones, um, you know, I also lean towards the Ravens. Um, you know, the Browns are, are 30th in opponents points, points per game, giving up six yards uh, per play. So, you know, the Ravens should do well in this in this game script. The only thing against the Ravens is that they're they're 29th in interception. Uh, that's that's the reason why they lost last week. Um, so certainly it's certainly the Ravens. The Ravens are a good team, I swear. Uh, and and one game they'll show it. Uh, you know, I I agree with you that it's not the best. I'm not super eager about it, but I am on Ravens minus six and a half. Um, and I also lean towards the over on this one uh, just because the Browns are not good at, at stopping other teams and the Ravens somehow keep their opponents close. So it seems like they'll both help each other score. Yeah, I will say so the, the Ravens do turn the ball over quite a bit. They do have eight picks, but they're also tied for second with the Vikings in um like takeaway difference, they're plus four in the only team. This this stat this stat looks insane. <laughs> but the Ravens are plus four. They have twelve takeaways and eight giveaways, six interceptions, two fumbles. So they're plus four. The Eagles are plus twelve, and those <laughs> are number one and number two. The Eagles have fourteen takeaways and two giveaways. They the Eagles haven't fumbled. That I'm that has nothing to do with this. Just game. imagine how I mad this defense insane. is. The defense has to be so mad that they are they are causing a, a, a huge amount of turnovers and and you know the, this Ravens team is just not they you know they're not doing so high yeah they're doing it to themselves at this point but I I just don't see a world where I would rather have the Browns in this situation I will say I probably wouldn't play this game personally I it's not going to be a best bet for me it's just a side that um it's a side that I do prefer yeah. If, if we're talking about a game, I'm going to give a preference, and it's going to be the Ravens because I just, I just don't trust the Browns right now. I agree, and and you know, it it in my mind, it's a bettable uh, lean, but you know, may not be a whole unit on this one. Kind of, you know, it's it's 
something to play if you want to watch the game, but otherwise you don't have to. Otherwise, might find better value. I got better value right here. Giants, Jaguars. Um, I think the thing to be said about this game is the spread's three and a half, and the Giants are five and one. So the Giants are at the Jaguars. The Jaguars are minus three and a half. The Giants are plus three and a half. The over/under is the total set at forty-one and a half, which is actually down from forty-two and a half, which is what I wrote down um, when I was when I was uh, researching for this. Uh, I, I actually wouldn't play the side, which is crazy to think. I think the side's kind of a trap line because I think the Giants are five and one. The Giants are rolling. The Giants are going to get a lot of love. And I think it's weird that it's three and a half. That means on a neutral field, you still really think the Giants are about as good as the Jaguars. And that doesn't feel right. Especially didn't the Jaguars like just lose to the Texans a couple They did ago? not look good or did in, they that, in that loss. But they... Yeah, um, that was 13-6, right? Uh, no, that was, I know yeah, they just lost the Texans, October 9th. Yeah, it was two yeah. weeks ago. 13. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's hard for me to bet on the Jaguars, but again, I think this is a trap line. So, um, you can hit with whatever you're thinking here. I, I have a play on the total and that's where I'm going. So, uh, I'm actually staying away from the total. Well, we're opposites on this one. Um, you you're, know, it, you're hitting giants, aren't you? You're no, no, okay. you, <laughs> The the Giants are somehow the luckiest team ever, and and it's it's got to run out. Like they were outgained by the Ravens by like what 170 yards, and they what led for you know what a, a, you know a few minutes of this game, and and somehow you know pulled off the win. You know you call you did call last week's Giants Ravens a trap game, so I should heed your words, but I do lean on Jacksonville. Plus three and a half. Um, certainly at its current price on Tipico, you know, you. I think it's actually you, Jacksonville. You you meant minus three and a half, right? Just make oh, sure we're good. Oh, you're right. Minus yeah, three and a yeah. half. You're right. Minus three and a half. That's why I yeah. think it's the trap line is because you're going on the road. The Giants feel like the better, better should be. I would think that the that main betters are going to be all over the Giants. Yeah. You know, you're you're definitely bringing me to to avoid this game. I'm less confident after after hearing the, you. I, I don't hate the Jags play, and I don't even know why I don't hate it. I I think it hits just because I like betting public. Um, public Last play. week, Jacksonville allowed 2.8 yards per carry against the Colts. Like Matt Ryan had to throw, you know, like what 50 sometimes. I don't see the Giants being able to I don't see Jan, Daniel Jones being able to bail his team out with his arm and it's it seems like their defense is good enough to to not stop the run but to really hinder it I don't like it really you know oh I I'm still I'm still on Jacksonville uh minus three and a half yeah no I like it so I'm going to the under uh the Giants are coming in this game five and one but their their bright spot hasn't necessarily been their offense. I know you got the big players like Saquon, but you also have a lot of players that have been injured that don't have a camaraderie. Um, like Tony and Sterling Shepard haven't played a ton this season. So they've scored 24 or fewer in all but one game. And New York does New York just does its heavy lifting on the defensive side of the ball. They sit third or they sit fifth in the NFL in opponents' third down completion percentage. And honestly, both of these teams have pass rushers and Thibodeau and then it's Travion Walker that 
that they're just they're feeling out the NFL. They're getting to a better level, and they should be able to uh, be able to stop the run. So the Giants rank fourth in uh, rushing play percentage as well. So I expect the uh, the clock to tick down pretty often, and I would think that the that the clock ticking down helps. Um, the Jaguars have scored twenty four fewer in three of their five. And crazy enough, this is a crazy stat to me, but they've only averaged 15 points per game at home. I believe they only have two home games, but they haven't really been scoring at home. And New York is 2-4 and over under this season, so I think I'll take the under here. The under's been hot all season throughout the the entire league, and I don't really see. I mean, Trevor Lawrence had 22 passes last week. He's not lighting you up, and on the other side, it's going to be Saquon against two defenses that have pretty reasonable defensive front. So I think I'll take the under 41 and a half there. I, I, I like it. All right. So let's, uh, let's move on. Our third game of the day is my Cincinnati Bengals going against the only team in the NFL that is undefeated against the spread, the Atlanta Falcons. The Bengals are at home getting six and a half points. The total set at 47 and a half. I'm actually probably going to stay away from this game and almost completely because I still want to believe the Falcons aren't that good and they're undefeated against the spread, so that's clearly wrong. They're undefeated against the spread. How nuts is that? Um, Good for them. Uh, I'm certainly staying away from any spread pick uh, because of that. I don't think Atlanta is, is that good of a team, but they're good enough. Uh, and it, and it definitely worries me, uh, going against them, but I think Cincinnati is, is better than their record suggests. So, um, I'm with you on avoiding the spread, but I do, I do like the over here, uh, 47 and a half. Um, essentially I checked and for, um, uh, for Atlanta, for their six or um, for their games where they were an underdog by five points or more, uh, they averaged twenty three points. And I do think Cincinnati is going to win this game. And in order for Cincinnati to win, they would need twenty four or more. That's we're at the forty seven. You know, that's my that's my only reason to pick the over. Is it seems like when Atlanta is a significant dog. They, they, their offense comes out. And I'll add to that point even further. Like I said, I don't have a crazy play on this game, but the Bengals defense um, last year when it started to thrive late in the season, it was because DJ Reader and DJ Reader was one of the best graded players by pro football focus through the first three weeks of the season. He's out. Um, I would say a little part of me doesn't love the over just because the Falcons have one of the best cornerbacks in the league in A.J. Terrell. He'll be on chase. Um, T. Higgins has proven to be a very good second weapon, and, and Burrow is able to get through his reads really well. Now, the Bengals, what, what's concerning to me, too, is that the Bengals sit 27th in the league in rushing yards per game, which could actually bode well to uh, to the over as well if they don't if they just don't try to – try to run the ball much. They've tried to establish a run on almost every game, but it just hasn't really happened well. And then giving up 26 last week, I think I'm, I'm pretty cool with the over. I think that's a pretty good play. I, w- I don't think I would play the six and a half. It's just, it's hard to get there for me, especially given the Bengals haven't looked great for most of the season. Do I think they'll come out on top? Is there like money line play at like minus 300 worth it? Both uh, like a yes and a no. So 
Um, we'll see, but I would I would prefer to prefer to pass and definitely definitely with the strong lean to the over there. All right, let's go round three. Round three, we got Titans versus Colts. We got three games left, so uh, hang in there with us. We got uh, Titans. Colts are going to the Titans. I believe this is a NFC. Uh, AFC South matchup, and this is yeah. already their second time playing this season, right? That's right. Which Colts feels lost weird, last time. Which feels weird in general, like weird scheduling. So, uh, the total is set at forty three and a half, and the spread is minus two and a half for Tennessee. Which I think Jeff was on a couple weeks ago, and he was explaining to me that he believes the minus two and a half. Forget what it was. Like it was like the minus two and a half is the best line, and then the plus three and a half is like the most deceiving line. So the minus, oh, or maybe it was the maybe it's the other way around. Maybe it's the plus three and a half is deceiving because you feel like you get a you feel like you get a field goal, and then the plus two and a half. I'm gonna have to go figure that out with him. But either way, I think I like the over in this game the best. So um, I'll let you go ahead. But my my thought process was if. When Jonathan Taylor isn't active, if Matt Ryan's going to throw the ball 58 times, the over's going to hit. Uh, it's kind of simple, but... I, I hear I hear you. I, this is the, the one game where we are on opposites. Yeah, uh, I'm definitely running. picking the under. Uh, Colts are 5-1 to the under. Uh, the, the Titans are 2-3, which is not great. But last year, they were 3-0 with a rest advantage. Um so I don't, I don't think Matt Ryan's going to throw 58 passes this time. Uh, and he threw no picks there that, you know, the chances of that happening again are quite low. So um, I'm imagining that, that this is, and divisional games also yeah, I have, towards the under. I have so, heard the, I, I don't have the stat in front of me, but I have heard the divisional game stat. Yeah. So I would counter with the Tennessee doesn't have a neither team has a great secondary. Both sit in the bottom 10 in opponents completion percentage. So no one's necessarily great defensively and then you also have uh like Shaq Barrett's still going to be or Shaq Leonard's still going to be out. Um the Colts defense hasn't been impressive. I mean, would they just give up 27 to the yeah, so, 27 Colts have not been good. The Colts have played all of their divisional opponents and have one zero of them. Uh, so on that note, I'm, I'm also leaning Titans minus two and a half, just because it, it seems like the Colts are not meant for this division this year. They were, they came in such favorites, um, but, but it, I don't know. I have to, I, they have to prove me wrong. And are we ready to say it's time Matt Ryan hangs it up? He's got seven picks on this season. He's 37 years old. He was one of my favorite quarterbacks of all time growing up for no reason. Um, Matt Ryan is, is I don't know, a, like like a small injury away from just realizing that it's not worth it. Because, you know, these sacks are just not not helping. Yeah, no, no doubt. So, I, I don't know. I, I get that. I, I think it's just these games. I mean, there was the, the first half of the Colts – Titans game the first time around. It's crazy the over didn't hit, or I'm not sure what the total was, but there was 34 points scored in the first half of that game and then only seven in the second half. Uh, I think there's something to be said that Tannehill only had 137 passing yards. I think that'll improve. 
And Derrick Henry was able to run on a Colts defense that ranks in the bottom half of the league in opponents rushing yards per game. Um, and then on the flip <clears> side, <throat> you have Matt Ryan who threw for 356 yards. So, I mean, Jacksonville. I think, mir- I think it kind of mirrors this game, especially with Taylor out. I mean, Taylor Taylor only had 20 carries for 42 yards. I don't think with Jeffrey Simmons in the middle for the Titans, I don't think the Colts are even really going to try to run the ball. And you got to also remember that Michael Pittman Jr. barely got involved in that game. He had three catches for 31 yards. I I expect there to be some more movement there. I mean, they got the running back, what was it, Deion Jackson, Deion Johnson, involved last week way more often. He had at least 10 catches. So uh, I think it'll be interesting. I think considering that what Tennessee does best is run the ball and then what Indy does best is pass the ball and neither are great at stopping the other's strength. I think that's where I'll end it, but at the same time, it's like I can't I can't fault you for just literally just saying division game, bet the under. I mean that's I, I, that's, I, I brought someone in last week, and that was just his system play. He just said every time it's a divisional game, I play the under, and you you quite frankly you can't argue it. Yeah, it's done well, it's done well, but I I'll, I will agree that Jacksonville's rushing looked great against the Colts. So you know um you know Derrick Henry is is a bigger beast than Travis Etienne. So, yeah, for sure. All right, let's uh let's move on. Two games left, two exciting games left. So, one on the docket is Texans versus Raiders. The Texans are going to the Raiders. I believe both teams are coming off their bye. Correct. Um the Texans are going to the Raiders. The Texans are plus six and a half. The Raiders are minus six and a half. There's a heavy juice towards the Raiders, so the Raiders are minus six and a half, minus one twenty. And then the total set at 45 and a half. Uh, I'm on the Texans, but I'll let you go first here. My, uh, I'll, I, I looked at this line and, and I, after looking at it and, and going into the stats, this is, this is a game that I'm avoiding. Um, the Texans played the Colts, the Broncos, the Bears. They played the Chargers and then Jacksonville. And from that, they have the third best defense against the pass, completion-wise. That no, That's not going to hold. That's not going to hold against these Raiders. So I'm not, you know, the teams that the Texans I've watched this season seems like maybe they aren't the Texans that will come into a game against an opponent that actually has offense. See, I think I'm almost on the complete opposite, yet same mindset. The same mindset, just the opposite side. Is The Raiders haven't lived up to their full potential yet either. They barely got Darren Waller involved. I think he's questionable. Devontae Adams is their main weapon, but he really hasn't done much. And the Texans invested their first-round pick into Derek Stingley Jr. to be able to stop that. Um and they've produced well in the past defense game. They rank second in the NFL in opponent's completion percentage. The Raiders sit 24th in completion rate with Derek Carr leading the way. And part of me is just like, is that really a fluke or is Carr just a, he's more a big, big time performer. He he hits the long balls. He has a, he has great arm strength. Um, and at the same time, the Vegas defense has the sixth worst opponent's completion percentage. So I'm not saying Davis Mills is something special, but Davis Mills and then the combination with him and Damian Pierce. Damian Pierce has been outstanding lately. He's That's had right. 80, 80 or more yards in three straight performances. Houston is 3-1-1 one, and one against the spread this year with Vegas 2-3. and three. And simply put, I just think Houston is going to be able to keep games close. I think it's hard to beat a team by a touchdown, which is 
kind of strange considering the take I had on the Ravens earlier. I just think the the Ravens are a more dynamic offense than what the Raiders have shown. Um, I think. I mean, I agree. I mean, I I noted that the Raiders give up over 250 passing yards per game. You know, I would also uh, suggest to any listener, don't play this one right now. I hope you don't play. This sounds like bad advice, but I hope you don't play any of our bets when we give them out right now. Um, bet them closer to the game. See the line movement. So the Raiders are plus six and a half, or the Texans are plus six and a half right now. I have a hard time believing that that doesn't get to seven and a half. Oh, if that if that gets to seven and a half, if that gets over a touchdown, I'm um, I'm with you. Especially with the juice right now, with Raiders minus six and a half, minus one twenty. So especially with the juice, I think it'll get there. So uh, I would just say hold on to it for right now, and then maybe play it later in the week. It's not a bad it's not a bad choice. You know, see where the line goes. If it's a game that you're not like, you don't come in with like a best bet on. You know, if the line goes against you, then you can just stay away. Yeah, or if the line goes against the Texans here, I think there'd be some reverse line movement, and I'd probably be fine with that anyway, for being honest. I would just watch the line movement and kind of see. So that said, instead of talking our last game about some spectacular Sunday night and Monday night football, which is Steelers, Dolphins, or then Bears, Patriots, because who wants to who wants to talk about those games? Everyone's going to be watching this game, though. Yeah, everyone's going to be watching Chiefs 49ers. It's going to be a great game. Um, so the Chiefs obviously are coming in off their loss. They're traveling to Levi Stadium and taking on the 49ers, which a side note is I'm actually going to Levi Stadium and I have high expectations for it. I'm going there for a 49ers-Dolphins in early December. Um, so the the... 49, I threw myself off. The 49ers are plus three and a half, and the Chiefs are minus three and a half. Um, the total set at 48 and a half. I think it's kind of simple, but I'm going to take the home dog. And since 2020, San Fran has only been a home underdog four times, probably only in matchups like this, or maybe when Tampa comes to town. And they're three and one in that spot. I think this is a great buy low. I think Jimmy G's a good game manager. I think they have a, they have a, very quality, well-run offense. And I think they're probably going to be the public underdog because everyone likes the Chiefs. And if you get a line for the Chiefs at under five or six, you're probably going to love it. So um, it's kind of relatively simple analysis, but the Kyle Shanahan keeps it close at home and that's kind of all I need. I I agree. I agree exactly with what you're saying. Uh, San Francisco is 6-0. and against the spread versus teams with winning records in their past six, six and oh, uh, in home games in their past six and six and one against spread, uh, after a loss. So they cover, uh, you're giving them more than a field goal. Um, and look, the chiefs are number two in red zone scoring percentage and number two in third down percentage. I feel like that's just ready for a regression. Um, and the chiefs are, are Oh, and five against the spread. Uh, when they allow uh, 250 yards in their previous game, so it every every all the trends are pointing for the 49ers, and I um, I'm definitely on uh, uh, the home underdog. Yep, yes, sir. I think that that's all I had on that one. Um, I think that kind of wraps it up. So we're gonna go to the window. It's our one segment, Ethan. I don't know if you have any best bets, but I have three. 
So if you have any, you can play a short little thing. We're going to go to the window, and then uh, we'll head out of here. So The Bet Slippin' Podcast. Going to the window. I'll let you go first to make sure that we don't, you know, I don't want to go to a window with, with a bet that you're already going to. Oh, yeah, play. let the host go first. Make it hard on the host. I get That's it. right. That's right. So I'm going to the window with three bets. Um, we're going to go Saints plus one and a half on Thursday night football, Giants, Jags under 41 and a half, and then uh, 49ers plus three and a half. So 49ers plus three and a half, Jags under, Saints plus one and a half. Those are my three best bets. I'm hoping to have a little more luck this week. What do you got on your bets? Okay, so if I'm if I'm going with best bets here, I am liking the – I'm going to go against you here. I'm going Colts, Titans, under 42 and a half. Uh, and I am liking the Bengals, Falcons, over 47 and a half. So I agree with – I would have I would have gone to the window with the 49ers and um, the, the Saints as well. Um, so I'm, I'm, you know, you made it easier on which ones I was deciding to, to kind of really lean into, but give me a, give me an under on a divisional game. Hey, works for me. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. Ethan, thank you for coming on. Hopefully, hopefully we get you back on in the future. Perfect. Glad to be on. All right, guys, for those of us at the bet slipping podcast, have a great weekend, bet wisely, bet responsibly, and, uh, hit us up on Twitter. If you, uh, have any thoughts or comments, please be sure to like, subscribe, review on whatever you're downloaded and uh, listening on. We, we appreciate it. And otherwise, have a great week and have fun betting. See ya. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.